0: Well, 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 welcome to the Purple Stuff Podcast, starring Jay from The Sexy Armpit and Matt from Dinosaur Dracula.
1: What are we covering tonight? Well, tonight I wanted to talk about some of the things that scared the crap out of us when we were kids.
0: I like that topic.
1: I feel like there's so many that I have, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, just off the top of my head, I probably could list 50. And the truth is, I'm still scared of them today, so...
1: I will actually agree with you. A lot of the ones that I was thinking of actually still scare me to this day. You want me to start or you want to go? Uh,
0: you know what? I want to see how 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 far you're going to take this, so I'm going to let you go first.
1: I'm going to try to go in order of from when I was a kid.
0: Okay, so we have Baby J. <laughs>
1: So, the first thing that I thought of was the flying monkeys from Wizard of Oz.
0: Oh, those were definitely
1: scary. <laughs> they were like the creepiest things in the world to me when I was a kid. So, I would say going in order, flying monkeys would be the start of fear for me. And not even the Wicked Witch, because she was scary. But, you know, seeing those creepy flying monkeys, those were the first, I would
0: say. The thing is, like, the witch was almost like, uh, you know, school play sort of witch. Right. It was just a woman in face pain. And then these fucking monkeys come on screen. <laughs> and it's like, what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> They're like the cabin in the woods opening the doors moment of that movie.
1: It's true. It changes the whole tone of the film. All right, so Matt, I need to hear one of your childhood fears.
0: Okay, so this is actually one of my earliest memories. Do you recall the old Scrub and Bubbles commercials?
1: Absolutely
0: with those little mascot characters that look sort of like a cross between sponges and an octopus.
1: Yes. And they had eyes, right?
0: Right. They had eyes and the whole concept of these... Scrub
1: and bubbles. Is right. You they said? were like,
0: yeah, yeah scrub and bubbles. So in the commercials, they'd be like little cartoons. And to represent the liquid scrub and bubble shit, they would have these armies of these sponge octopus things attack a tub and scrub oh, it clean. Yeah. So when I'm like three or four I'm terrified I think this is what happens when you get in the tub and my mother to this day recalls this I was deathly afraid to be in the bathtub because I was sure that these scrubbing bubbles characters would just materialize and kill me
1: but wait so you were scared of the bad guys or the scrubbing bubbles guys
0: there were only I think the scrubbing bubbles guys so like in the commercials they're they're representing scrubbing bubbles by literally scrubbing bubbles you know they're they're all in the tub and they're cleaning it and to an adult eye if you watch these commercials now on youtube you're like oh, these cute little things they're cleaning the tub but when i'm four i'm like i'm seeing these monsters just roaming around waiting to kill me
1: no but they're cute at the same time it's hard, they're lovable they're hard to, they're hard to hate you know
0: well i did hate them and
1: yeah like if i wanted anyone cleaning me at all in my bodily regions It would be the Scrub and Bubbles, guys.
0: You say that as a spry (laughs) 35-year-old. But when you're three and you take these things literally, the last thing you want to be in the tub with are those Scrub and Bubbles monsters. Yeah. So what else you got? What's your number two?
1: Okay, so my number two is The Wheelers from Return to Oz. Another Oz. I have a feeling you've probably never seen that movie, right?
0: You're flying solo on this one. I'm just going to give you some background ooze. <laughs>
1: okay. So let me skip to the anyway, there's these guys and they had wheels for hands. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we'll skip to the next. No,
0: no, 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 no. I want to hear it. <laughs> no, this is not like a, a you know, a gag just for you and me. This is all going on air. I want to hear about these return to Oz things with the huge hands or whatever the fuck. <laughs>
1: All right. So they had wheels for hands and feet. Wheels for hands. That those things that
0: sounds terrifying. Right? Can I look this up? Can you like just handle the little typing sounds for a minute? Yeah. Wheelers reach Oh god, it's, it's like, like a- the first match. So this is hot shit right here. Oh my god. <laughs> Holy shit, they're fucking they're so frightening. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> What the fuck? What is this movie about? They look like, I don't even know how to describe them. They look like Dracula bikers, but they have 10 foot arms and wheels instead
1: of hands. That's what I'm saying, man. Oh, God. No, no wonder you are so scared. Oh, my God. I know. So what
0: is their role in the movie?
1: They're roaming around Oz, which has turned to stone, right? And I was a little kid, like four years old. And I saw it at Radio City Music Hall. And you got to imagine seeing these guys when you're a kid like that.
0: Now, can I ask you where this fits into like the whole Oz canon? What's the story? Does, is it a sequel?
1: Yes, this is a, a sequel to Wizard of Oz.
0: And is Dorothy in it? Does she like come back and say, you know what? I, I haven't had enough.
1: Yeah, Feruza Balk from the craft when she was a kid.
0: You didn't mention that. Feruza Balk's in it. Yeah. Jeez, can we wrap this up so we can go watch it? I love her. She's like my favorite person in the whole world. Really? No, but she's up there. She's like in the top 50, I think. 50? I am a huge fan of hers. So,
1: all right, give me another one of your childhood fears.
0: Okay. Do you remember the old anti-drunk driving PSAs that we grew up with?
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, were they, like... The, the voiceover guy has, like, a really deep voice. and Right.
0: Oh, yeah. It's, he's very, like, don't drive or yeah. you'll die.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. There
0: was one in particular that really killed me. In this one, a group of teenagers goes into the car and they're all holding liquor bottles. And the second they get in their car, which is a parked car, they just automatically turn into skeletons.
1: Oh, my God.
0: And, you know. If you watch it now, you get the symbolism. They're saying that if you go into your car and you drive your car and you have liquor, you're going to crash and you're going to die. But as a four-year-old or a five-year-old or however old I was, I thought that if you just brought drinks into the car, you would turn into a skeleton. And since I'm that young, I don't understand that they're just talking about liquor. I think it's any drink.
1: Right. So you go into a Slurpee. you, You have a Slurpee in your hand and you go into the car with your parents and, you know... You're and this a, is what you...
0: happened. This is what happened. One night I was with my parents and we we're at like an A&W drive through wherever the fuck. My father goes in to get us food and he comes back with soda. And I'm freaking out in the car. <laughs> Don't get in! Don't get in the car! Please! Screaming, screaming. We have to eat outside the car because I will not let him bring drinks inside.
1: <laughs> Did you think you're going to turn into a skeleton? I
0: thought it was going to automatically turn into a skeleton. <laughs> like, you know, and they put these commercials on... In the middle of, like, episodes of the Snorks. What do they think is going to happen? This is way too heavy.
1: That was the same thing, like, when they did the uh, This Is Your Brain on Drugs. It's like that, watching that, it totally brings you out of your good time TV watching.
0: Right, and, like, I get that's sort of the point, but at the same time, it's like, you know what, why don't you target this at the shows that 16 and 17-year-olds are watching? Because nobody who's four needs to be taught about drugs. Four-year-olds aren't doing drugs.
1: What, are they going to just save it for Save by the Bell? intermissions
0: that would have been a better pick terrible commercial
1: is that on youtube you know what
0: actually can you look it up i'm going to find it yeah. for you i'll tell you the search term to use
1: drug skeleton
0: look up anti drug driving skeletons oh god this is so frightening
1: <gasps> right oh my god dude oh, they, they just turned this. into skeletons oh, yes. god. I remember when they shook hands at the end when, oh like, my god oh my god like oh i'm shaking hands with death hello death i'm coming oh so bad hello death i had three beers uh nice to meet you (laughs) you are
0: listening to the purple stuff podcast so this is from like around 1988 89 i guess the unsolved mysteries theme song
1: oh yeah that was so creepy can you do an impression I'm actually creeped out right now just listening to your impression I'm not even kidding
0: yeah I mean the segments were scary and there was certainly a bunch that made me uh lie awake frightened at night but it was really just the theme because I would watch that show and I loved it I would never miss an episode but I hated when it ended because then I'd have to like get up from where I was sitting with this song sort of chasing me. Yeah, and all night long, I would just be convinced that there were things in the window, and
1: I know exactly what you're saying, because the feeling that you had and that you just described it, it totally leads into what I was going to say next. For me, you know, watching TV, whether it was like Tales from the Dark Side intro or any of these things that played when we were kids, when you get up and you're you turn the TV off, and there's that moment when it's complete darkness in your house you have to turn all the lights off you know your parents are upstairs sleeping and it's like all right i gotta creep upstairs what's gonna happen in between now and the point that i get into bed
0: exactly exactly because when you're watching it you can almost deal with it because it's entertaining but then when it's over you have to actually it's like the come down and it's horrible
1: i really believe i don't know if i necessarily have seen an actual ghost but this is describing the moment that I first saw what I thought was a ghost, right? So I went downstairs into my basement because my mother said, do you want to bring up a soda or iced tea for dinner? And we used to keep a lot of stuff down in the basement, right? So my mom would say, go grab something for dinner. So I'd run downstairs, go into the pantry, and I would look in front of me with the broom closet, and it was white. And in the reflection of the light in the broom closet, I used to see this figure of an old guy. I swear, like, it was the realest thing. I would see him every single time I went down there. Every time I was so scared, I'd run upstairs. I'd slam the door from the basement. And till this day, I feel like that might have been the only ghost I've ever seen in my life.
0: Okay. I don't know what it was like in Jersey, but here in Staten Island... There was a big thing in the 80s. They called it, uh, you might have heard this phrase, Satanic Panic.
1: Um, I heard of the Satanic Mechanic.
0: <laughs> no, not that. It refers to like this general fear that there were Satanists everywhere. Mm. And it was like brought to national attention through a couple of like high-profile murder cases where there were alleged Satanist um, ties. But here in Staten Island, the, the situation was that every mother told their child that there were Satanists living in the woods. And yeah. all throughout my childhood, we all believed this. Like, if we saw, like, a just a random guy leaving the woods, we would assume automatically that he was a Satanist. And when you're a child, when you're a Satanist, you're thinking he has, like, black magic powers and he can shoot you with force lightning. Good. I can feel your anger. You are listening to the Purple Stuff Podcast. Castle Dracula was a dark ride in Wildwood, New Jersey on the boardwalk, which burnt down several years ago. Oh my God, this was the best haunted house in history.
1: You're not lying. It was a full-blown castle, and when you're walking down the boardwalk, it's kind of getting late, it's hot outside, it's in the summer, you know, you got the ocean right next to you. And the only thing that I could make people think of to, to really capture the way it felt in Wildwood back in the early 80s was the Lost Boys and the scene when they're on the, the uh, boardwalk.
0: Yes, that's exactly what it felt like in Wildwood.
1: Exactly. And, you know, people always say, oh, well, you know, that's Santa Carla, whatever it is in California.
0: Never thought that. I always just assume, like, I mean, I guess I didn't really assume it, but it looks like Jersey to me.
1: There was a creep factor when you were on that boardwalk. But when you see Castle Dracula off in the distance and you're walking up to it and that's why you went there and you finally get up to it, it literally felt, I'm not even exaggerating, that you were going into the real Dracula's castle. And it was so creepy.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I didn't go on that ride until I was like 11 maybe, but I had been going to Wildwood since I was four. I had years for this legend to build. And by the time I went on it, I was so afraid that I remember, like, grabbing people and just, like, saying, please help me get off this ride. Please help me get off this ride. Please. Yeah. These dark rides, they have their cast of characters, which are just teenagers and face paint. But the ones who worked at Castle Dracula, there were no goofs. There were no, like, they didn't break character. Like, they really did it.
1: It was almost like a, a troupe of a more serious Rocky Horror production. Like, they loved being there. And right. there's. Was- and looking back at it, there's a lot of sites that have history on it and everything. And like you look back, and you're like wow, they were dedicated. Yeah, they were like a family. Yeah. Mm-hmm, exactly. And a lot of people they may not remember is that you kind of had the option you could do like the boat ride and the whole entire walkthrough. There was like different options.
0: Right. So they had the the walkthrough, which is the the big one, which was insane. It was like seven rooms. Every different room had a different feature. One of the rooms had walls that closed in on you. Another one had like a guy getting sawed apart. Yeah. Uh, And then the boat ride, the dungeon boat ride where you're just floating along and you're looking at these absolutely hideous audio animatronics, like just the kind of stuff that is so tasteless that no ride maker would ever do it today. (laughs) And every once in a while, a live person would jump out from behind a corner and brutalize you, just absolutely brutalize you.
1: One of my earliest times on that ride, I stuck my hand in the water when I was on the boat. And I was a little kid. Oh, God. And this, the guy yeah, – I don't know if it was like – he wasn't a guy. He might have been in his 20s. But I was a little kid, and he yelled at me. I was like, oh, my God, my hand came right out of that water. <laughs> like, yep. I was so scared. <laughs> Remember
0: those old um, – those little, like, disposable cameras? Oh,
1: yeah, definitely.
0: I got caught using one in the dungeon boat ride, and they freaked out on me. Do you remember there was that little portion of the boat ride where you're sort of outside? Right, exactly. In the beginning, though, right? Well, it's like in the middle. It's like it crosses like a little tower, and you go outside for a second, so there's direct sunlight. Right. And I took a picture of like the cemetery there, the fake cemetery. Okay, I remember. And the next thing I know, this guy still maintaining the demon voice, is screaming at me. No pictures! You put that camera away! Oh. <laughs> Toss the camera? Yeah, like, the camera's gone. I don't know what the hell happened to it. It's in the water in Wildwood somewhere. Oh, my God. Castle Dracula, baby.
1: The next one I have is... Large Marge from Pee-wee's Big Adventure.
0: Oh, yeah, that's a good one.
1: Large Marge was driving Pee-wee. She tells him a story, like a scary story, and then she lets him off and she makes a crazy face. And looking back at it, it wasn't that scary, but when you're a little kid, when you first see that, that was a creepy face.
0: Yeah, it was all like, claymation basically right
1: a lot of my friends used to turn their head away
0: well I think what it speaks to is when you're a child you don't understand parody and sarcasm and things like that you take everything literally so obviously when you watch that scene now it's meant to be funny but when you're a kid it's only meant to be scary right and it is scary it's it's, it's downright frightening you're like oh my god do I look or do I look away exactly good pick I'm down with it thank you when did Aliens come out? Was it 86?
1: Um, yeah, Actually, that sounds about right. Maybe 85? Let me look it up. I think
0: it was 86.
1: You're right, 86.
0: So, my parents brought me to a lot of movies that they shouldn't have when I was a child. I'll remind you that I was born in 79. So, the oldest I could have been was 7, when they took me to see Aliens. Okay. Aliens, when you're 7 years old.
1: I used to watch crazy movies like this when i was a kid and a lot of my friends weren't allowed to watch them if they were at my house so i know exactly what you mean
0: come on it was an r-rated movie gory as fuck that is a lot for a kid to handle so the entire movie i'm watch, i'm not watching it. i'm actually watching the movie through the you know through the projector screen that little that little backwards screen that see <laughs> if you turned around
1: right <laughs>
0: so towards the end of the movie what's her face gets into the exosuit
1: suit weaver
0: right do you remember that part Yeah. So my mother's trying to convince me that she's a transformer. So now it's okay to watch the movie. (laughs) Like, never mind the fact that she's battling with this giant alien who's slimy and wants to eat them. I'm surprised that you weren't scared of this when you were a kid.
1: I was like desensitized because I've seen a lot of crazy stuff. And horror was my favorite thing. So if anyone told me I couldn't watch a horror movie, I used to get upset.
0: I guess the difference is that I have a lot of older brothers and sisters, and they just took so much glee in terrifying me about everything. (laughs) So, like, anything that was conceivably scary, I was amped up to attend because they would tell me that these things were coming to get me, or, oh, that's in your room right now, you know?
1: Oh, yeah. They thought nothing of it.
0: Yeah. There were so many Halloween masks in the house when I was a kid, and they would just chase me around, and ugh.
1: Another thing that used to scare the crap out of me as a kid was the intro from *Tales from the Dark Side*, the TV show. Oh, of course. So I figured, let me take this opportunity to do an impression.
0: All right, can I do the music?
1: Yeah, sure. Okay, you ready?
0: Wait, what? How does it go?
1: Okay. (grunts) Dong, (mumbles) dong, man lives (inaudible) in the sunlit world. Of what he believes to be reality. But there is, unseen by most, an underworld. A a place that is just as real, but not as brightly lit. A dark side. I think
0: that was pretty good. Oh yeah, I was on like, target. we knocked that out of the park Yeah, well the thing with this show is that many times I've tried to get you to become a fan And I don't know if I'm just picking the wrong episodes or what, but it's not working
1: Yeah, I gotta be honest with you, I think what happened when I was a kid and watched that show I was so scared by the intro that after it was over I'd probably run upstairs to go to bed
0: <laughs> The truth is that the intro was the entire reason to watch it
1: It really was, it was so creepy there
0: were good episodes, but there were also a lot of bad ones, but it didn't matter as long as you got that intro. And just like we were saying earlier with Unsolved Mysteries, it's one of those things that just stuck with you and ruined your whole night. Yeah. It would just follow you around. Like, you'd be in the kitchen looking for a fruit roll-up, and then you just <laughs> hear it in your brain. <laughs> A dark side.
1: <laughs> <laughs> And it's got all those, like, still photos, and they turn, it's all black and white. The oh. dead
0: trees and all that oh, shit. Oh, God. boy. That's a great pick.
1: Thanks. Thank you.
0: It used to be on, like, Channel 2 or Channel 9 at, like, 1 in the morning. Yeah,
1: it was always late at night.
0: You'd be in bed, and if you were still up, and you had, like, a TV in your bedroom, you'd be all alone with this horrible show.
1: Mm-hmm. And one of my issues was, and I brought it up before, if my parents were up sleeping, you know, uh, doors were locked. It's bedtime, but it's like I used to stay up real late. So this would come on the TV and I, we used to have our family TV downstairs. So I would be on like ground level and everybody else would be upstairs. And man, when you, when that came on the TV and you're looking out the windows and there it's, everything's pitch dark. Mm-hmm. Your your mind goes wild.
0: Yeah, it's like if you watch the show now, you don't quite get why people would have ever been afraid of it. But you have to remember a, a kid's mindset, especially in the 80s. All it took was a little synth, and we were going. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like oh fuck the synth.
1: <laughs> That's why everybody loves the Apollo soundtrack, <laughs> right?
0: Because it reminds you of when all it took was a little bit of music to ruin your life. So, as a kid, my next of kin, who is my sister, who is still several years older than me, mm-hmm. um, she was watching Halloween, the original, on TV. Classic. Yeah. And I was sitting on the couch with her, and I don't know what happened. She used to get phone calls all the time, so I'm assuming like her boyfriend called and she left the room.
1: Wait, Ben Tramer?
0: Ben Tramer was her boyfriend at the time. I thought so. It might have been uh, Ricky Schroeder, because he used to live in our block.
1: AKA Rick Schroeder. Did he really live there? That's Yeah, he awesome. really
0: did. Like he totally did. Silver Spoon Sky was big news back then. So she left the room and it was right during the scene where he had the bedsheet over him, where Michael Myers had the bedsheet and the glasses. Right? Oh my god. I'm like 6 and I'm like oh, just dying. <laughs> just dying. You know, like just paralyzed on the couch. What what is going on?
1: <laughs> that movie was amazing.
0: I didn't watch it until fairly late into my life, like in full.
1: No, I I sort of agree with you. I was in my early, early teens when I first saw that. But the only reason, and it supports what you're saying, is that everyone used to tell me that that was the scariest out of all the horror films that we used to watch. You know, Jason, Freddy, and all these other movies, that Halloween was the scarier of the bunch. So I used to kind of stay away from it when I was real little. But then when I finally saw it, it was awesome.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would definitely agree that it's scarier than uh, Friday the Thirteenth. I don't know that I would agree that it's scarier than Nightmare on Elm Street.
1: But it's funny that you brought up uh, Nightmare on Elm Street because that is actually one of mine. And I was gonna say Nightmare on Elm Street. The out of every, you can give me every Nightmare on Elm Street movie. The only thing that scared me, like legitimately scared me, was when Freddy had the long arms in that. In that, I knew you uh, were
0: gonna say it because. It's an iconic scene like you see that picture a lot online. At the same time, I don't feel like a lot of people give it credit for being frightening.
1: There are some people who really pour their hearts out about it. Like I've seen blogs who've written scenes about, you know, uh written posts about that scene.
0: Well, you know, there's more about the the tongue phone and, and like the bloody girl.
1: The reason why it used to scare me was because there was there's two reasons. The first reason is that he kind of looked like Dopey in a way when he started, he kind of like, you know what I mean? Like, he, he, being that he started morphing or like moving, you know, expanding his body, he kind of looked weird, you know? And well, the, the that's is, what like, kind of, like he was a freak almost. It was
0: like once a movie starts breaking sort of its own rules, that's when you start feeling like it's going to jump out of the television at you.
1: Yeah, it was unexpected. When you're watching that film, you did not expect that to happen. It seems so out of place. And I think that's what used to creep me out about it.
0: Plus, like, the lighting in that shot is so perfect. He's so dark. It's almost like a silhouette.
1: No, you're right. The lighting and the actual effect itself, it almost reminds you, and this could go for, like, parts of Nightmare on Elm Street part one and three is that it it is very influenced by like Ray Harryhausen type stuff where, you know what I mean? Like when you're looking at the, um, in part three with the the skeletons. Yeah. With the skeletons. I mean, part three is totally like that to me. That is right up my alley because I love Ray Harryhausen stuff. People might make fun of those special effects nowadays, but they don't understand how awesome they are.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, they still move me much more than CJ. Definitely. I mean, it's not so much that I think it looks more realistic. It's just, even if, like, you know it's fake, the idea that the actors went through it. Like, you know, you take the the scene where the bloody person is spinning around the bedroom.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, Tina.
0: Obviously, you know that's not actually happening, but at the same time, that's exactly what's happening.
1: Yeah, because it was all practical effects.
0: Really adds more to the scene.
1: Yeah, I don't think people understand that that actually happened if they watch the, uh, the making of.
0: Right, I mean, the actress looks frenzied during that scene. Like, yeah. It looks like it's really scary just to shoot. Oh
1: my god, and you're right, you know, that scene was pivotal also because that's the one scene where you look at it and you're like legitimately freaked out by it. Yeah, I like that word, pivotal.
0: Pivotal. 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 Who am I doing, Jay?
1: (laughs) I don't know who you're doing. I'm doing Darth Vader. Oh, I was going to do more like... I'm sorry, so Darth Vader.
0: Right, so it's not specifically because of anything in the movie. I never actually found him scary in any of the movies. But... I did find him scary when I met him at Toys R Us during one of those character greets. Oh, my God. Toys R Us used to have these special like meet and greet with cartoon and movie characters. And you'd go and there would be these guys in costumes. And you would shake hands and take a picture and that would be it. So in, like I guess, 84. Yeah, it must have been 84. Oh, yeah. They had Darth Vader. I go there with my brother and it is the real deal. I mean, this guy had lights on his chest everything it was as good as the movie and he pointed at my brother and i was convinced that we had to leave because he was going to kill him force choke i mean i'm a little kid i think that darth vader is like i don't know he's an actor i think he's the real deal
1: you were at toys r us during the the peak of star wars and darth vader is in the store and you're meeting him and you think he's real
0: Right. I mean, it must have been, like, Darth Vader and Barbie and maybe, like, a Wuzzle or something. But obviously, I'm there for Darth Vader. Or at least I think I am, because once he comes out, I'm like, oh, I don't know about this. And then the next thing he does is just point directly at my older brother, and I'm like, oh, my God. We have to go. We have to go. He doesn't want us here. We have to leave now. But before we go, can we get the Darth Vader action figure?
1: The one thing that I found scary about Darth Vader specifically was in Empire Strikes Back when Luke went to Dagobah to train and he goes down into the cave and he meets Darth Vader. To me, that one scene is Darth Vader at his scariest.
0: I'm going to have to take back what I said. You're right, because that was not only the scariest Vader moment, but the scariest moment in any Star Wars movie. I agree. Because especially when you're a kid, you don't get the metaphor. You don't know why this is happening. Like, I grew up thinking there were two Darth Vaders. Really? Like I absolutely did. Like I didn't get that this was like Luke's final test to like, you know, test his metal. I just thought that he I thought he killed one Darth Vader. I'm like, okay, now he's gotta kill the bigger Darth Vader. <laughs> like I get that he was in the mask and all that, but I don't know what that means. I'm four. <laughs>
1: right, right. Yeah, you don't you don't understand Shakespeare shit at that point. Right, right. <laughs> the moment where luke actually gets down there and everything goes slow motion and then you see vader coming out of the smoke and you're like what the fuck that is that same scene where it changes the whole vibe of the film
0: thank god for empire strikes back because it's our biggest defense against all the people who say star wars is terrible (laughs) yeah it's like fuck you look at this goddamn movie which is perfect from start to finish
1: One of the earliest things that I was scared of was Gene Simmons from Kiss, believe it or not. You? Yeah, I'm one of the biggest Kiss fans. You are the
0: biggest Kiss fan. I mean, like, you have pictures of yourself dressed like Gene Simmons all over your your place.
1: Exactly, yeah. I'm a huge fan. I dress up like him. I do that Kiss party every year. But when I was a kid, that's what really got me into him. And it's because one of my neighbors who lived up the street, I thought he was a cool kid. And I'd be hanging out with him. He'd put on Kiss Records. And this dates me, obviously, but, like, that was the coolest shit in the world. He'd put Kiss Records on, and I'd open up the Gatefold album covers and see pictures of Gene Simmons with, like, blood coming down his face. And then he'd be breathing fire. This was, for me, was, like, this eye candy at the time. I was so creeped out, but I loved it. All I wanted to do anytime I went over his house was, let me see the Kiss records. And that was my entrance to becoming a Kiss fan. And what's great about it is that going even further is that Gene Simmons himself is a huge like horror movie fan. He loves old school horror films and the monsters. And he always wanted to make himself look like Godzilla and kind of like monstrous kaiju and things like that. Right. So, yeah, I mean, that worked right into my whole love of horror.
0: You know, I love this, this pick because it reminds me of how afraid I was of just all things metal and hard rock when I was a kid. Mm. Like if a sibling even had a Grateful Dead poster on their wall, that whole universe was just so foreign and you just didn't know what it meant. And you just took it at face value. Like you see Gene Simmons dressed as a demon. You're like, okay, so this guy is a demon.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But then you got guys like The Misfits and everything, and then you realize there actually is a whole subgenre of horror movies that are heavy metal horror movies. Like there's right. literally like 20 or 30 movies that you could think of that involve heavy metal and horror together. And I really feel like a lot of it ties back to Gene Simmons. He, he charges everyone for using it.
0: Well, he's a smart guy. He, and in terms of money, he's my idol. <laughs> All right, I have another one for you.
1: All right, cool. Well, go ahead, man.
0: As soon as I say the title of the film, you're gonna know where I'm going. When I was uh, five, I guess, maybe four, my parents brought me to see Ghostbusters.
1: Oh yeah, I think I know where you're going.
0: Where am I going, Jay?
1: Are you going to the library ghost? I'm
0: going to the library ghost. <laughs> like we're so, it's so early in the movie, and this thing. So once again I'm backwards in my seat watching the whole thing through the reversed image in the projector cuz I can't take it. I'm I'm so small. I I've never seen anything like this. This scary ghost.
1: Oh my god. They gave the scariest ghost in the beginning and really after the that happened there wasn't really anything that could top it in in like even uh Gozer I mean the Terror Dogs are scary but
0: Right, but nothing really comes to that close level of shock. Right. I'll tell you, when we went to see Ghostbusters when it was re-released, it got me again.
1: Okay, let me set the stage for you. Mm -hmm. You know how some people have like a den or a playroom when they're a kid and there's toys and whatnot? Mm -hmm. So I, I never really had that, but what we had was a room where there was a bar in the room. So we called it the bar room, right? So there's a big bar with stools, mirror, liquor, everything, right? But there was a huge space. So I used to sort of use that as my playroom, right? And I had a TV and a rocker. And I used to turn on Channel 5, which was WNYW in New York City. And the show Werewolf used to come on. Do you remember this show around 1986?
0: I don't think I do.
1: Obviously, it was about a werewolf, but it was legitimately scary. And I used to sit on my rocker late at night. I'm watching werewolf getting so scared because I'd look out to my backyard and it was like pitch dark. And I would think that the werewolf was coming up to the door, you know, (laughs) so
0: I'm sorry. I got to look up this movie, uh, the show.
1: Yeah, it was very creepy. And it's one of those things like a lot of people don't really even know it existed, but If someone was interested in getting into it, they would definitely reap the benefits because it, not that it was a good show at all, but the intro and the vibe to it definitely was creepy.
0: It looks scary. Like they did a good job on this werewolf.
1: Oh, definitely. Makeup and everything was really, really good.
0: Like it looks not like a man who is part wolf, but more like a wolf who is part man.
1: Right, exactly. Like Teen Wolf.
0: It's not like a guy with wolf features, it's a wolf with guy features.
1: Wolf, 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 wolf,
0: wolf. Wolf, 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 All right. I'm going to look up the intro. Okay. The following program may be too intense for younger viewers. Parental discretion is advised.
1: Yeah. So Werewolf, the TV series 1986, was one of the first things that scared me as a kid when I was real little.
0: That's a good one. I actually, I'm hoping some episodes are on YouTube because this podcast has put me in the mood to like watch some spooky shit.
1: And I think you should do just that.
0: It's almost Halloween already. Two weeks to Halloween. Because, you know, it starts on the 1st. I thought it started earlier than that. I'm, I'm a little concerned because there's a lot that's already coming out. And I feel like you really need to wait till September to embrace it. That's why we're doing this Halloween podcast in mid-August.
1: Well, it does give people a chance, like those who are in on it, to start celebrating a little early.
0: Right, but I feel like as far as like going to the store and buying all the the seasonal foods and whatnot, you don't want to blow your wad too early because you don't want to be bored of Halloween in October. And people say, oh, that'll never happen. I like Halloween more than you. I'm like, dude, I've been at this for 15 years. Anything <laughs> you do for that many months straight, you're going to get tired of. That's why even though those pumpkin spice frosted mini-wheats are out there, I'm not going to go looking for them until September.
1: Oh, they came out already? Yeah, they're out. Ooh, I, I, you know, it's funny you said that though, because this whole topic that we talked about, uh, in this show, it was one of the, one of the early things I ever wrote about in back in like 2004 on sexyarmpit.com. Exactly. And so it, it definitely ties back things that scared me as a kid. What a great topic. You know what I mean? Like,
0: I hope it's, it's a good conversation when I listen back now, I hope so too. Yeah, because, you know, this is our third attempt at recording episode two.
1: That's true. We <laughs> we took
0: This is either going to be our second episode or our last episode.
1: Yeah, we were ready to shit-can the whole thing.
0: Yeah, and, well, I mean, we kind of still are,
1: <laughs> but we've made a commitment. We didn't have much of a choice, you know? The power of Christ compels us.
0: <laughs> yeah, so now we're stuck doing this every week from now through Halloween. I am Matt from DinosaurDracula.com.
1: I am Jay from TheSexyArmpit.com. And thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll talk to you next time.
0: See ya. I'll, I'll cut out the see ya.
1: Thank you for listening to the Purple Stuff Podcast.